Welcome to the Barncast. Just gonna talk about stuff sitting in the Barncast. We're with friends. With fellow friends. Barncast. Oh, shoot. Welcome, welcome, one and all. To season three, episode fifteen, Kings of the Barncast, Quatros, Shuwu. Oh, there you go. That's the Chinese correspondent coming oh, out for you. Ah, word on the street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My so is Jonathan Torrance here? <laughs> My name is Ben Drew, and I'm joined by Benta Gallagher, Tyler Smith, and Alex Ritchie. And we're really happy to have you along for the ride this evening. I'm happy to be here. Are you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I just checked. Let's have all four again. The boys are back in town. Yeah, g- g- literally. G- g- get it. I can't wait for the rap video to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to make. I have the cornhole rap song, which I have to make a video for at some point. I hope it's the badass. Cornhole rap song. Yeah, we we did this <laughs> Patreon thing that didn't work out, but um, Yarma Scale started sponsoring us. Okay. Yes. And my buddy Trevor, who runs it, mm-hmm. uh, gave us money, and I said. I, I said for, I don't know, 50 bucks, I'll write a rap song about whatever you want. And then he said Cornhole. And I did it live on the air. Really? Yeah. It's wow. pretty good. I don't remember you. Oh, I do. Yeah, you guys weren't like listening. It's a <laughs> <laughs> real dick move. Like, you don't know, you're like. You spent hours crafting this. Your opus. My Eminem eight mile moment where he's like, everybody in the 313. That was that. But they were just like looking at their phones like Ben's doing right now. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to hear. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like it was on. If you had like one of them sound bars at Leon's, we should go to Leon's and then try it over. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even go to Leon's. Do you have a sound bar at your house? No, I do. I went. I got a well, dishwasher. <laughs> it came with a separate subwoofer. That was real. Like, do you have a sound bar? I do. Yeah, <laughs> we well, were making fun of them. If you don't have one, you could always just start with "I have a sound bar." Hey guys, Next time. <laughs> guys, guess who has a sound bar? This guy, Benton. I'll bring it next time. Yeah, <laughs> can we just look at it? We'll just go to yeah. your house to record next time. No. You should put it on top of your uh, LED light on top of the car, like your light bar that you have, but I sound on top. You have a light bar on top of your, uh, your Pontiac Sunfire? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not you driving around town. <laughs> I saw... Now I'm just confused. I was coming across Stairs Road, actually, this evening, and I came to right, right by the Irving and the uh, Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I got my window down, because now it's spring and it's beautiful out, and I hear like a rumble, like a sports car, like a, like a badass engine, and I'm like looking around, I'm like, okay, that's like a Toyota Tacoma, okay, I'm in my truck, over there is a van, and the only other vehicle around is like a, like, and it's got ground effects, it's like a neon, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a neon, I'm like, it's got this rumble, that should never come out of a tiny car like that. Yeah, you can see like a rice burner, like a you save money. Save money when you buy a neon, so you have all this extra money to spend. You put it into the car. that's why you like jack up a Nissan Micra, right? They're less than. They're not even five digits. Only the four. What What would be some of the more notable soup ups of like embarrassing cars you've seen? Anything on Pimp My Ride? Yes, completely. But I mean local. I mean like in person that you've witnessed. When I was in high school, it was big to have, like, your sound system in your trunk. 
Yeah. Like people yeah. Would, Do like, they still do that? I don't think I, don't know. I haven't seen it. A buddy of mine, without naming names, had an orange, um, I want to say jet, uh, golf or jet, one, uh, yeah. a hatchback one. Yeah. And it was like very orange. And he had it the was rims like, hey, and the big sound system in the back. Were the rims it. orange? I don't think so. I'm okay. trying to remember now. They, mm. I don't think so. But uh, we took it to the Our Lady Peace concert at uh, the Metro Center. Yeah. And it got broken into that the night after the concert. And so the, and they shattered the passenger side window and it poured rain the entire way home. And they stole the CD, like the deck. Just, oh, like, yeah. just like so we had nothing to listen to <laughs> and the window was broken. And so we're just, like, whoever's in the passenger seat and right behind it was getting wet and just cold the whole drive home. It was brutal. That is Do not get like garbage bag to put Listen, up? we were 18 years oh, old. Okay. Fair. And there's no noisy that. I always wondered to be in a vehicle with, where it's got the, the, the window taped off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you're going on the highway. It's not like you're just driving around town. That's fair. Yeah. Good point. I would probably take the old road. <laughs> take the old road. Take the Go old road home. Chester, Mahone Bay, yeah. Ludenberg, all, all the you way know, down. Let's, let's turn this into a positive, guys. Make the next scene. It was group. not a positive. Yeah. We were hungover, driving home from Halifax with a wet and cold. It was not fun. Do you remember the, a Pontiac Fiero? Pontiac no. Fiero was like a tiny little rinky-dink. It was, I, I, I guess it was supposed to come off as a, as a, Ooh, a sports car. Isn't Fiero, that what Marshall yeah. drove in How I Met Your Mother? Very possible. I think he drove a Fiero, didn't he? The I engine, I need to Google this now. The engine was sure. in the back, and, uh, and you used to be able to buy a kit where you take the body off of it, and you can replace it with, with a Porsche. Lamborghini. Or there's Porsche kits. I mean, there's a guy there? that used to have one around here, yeah. I remember I, I saw it a couple of times, and like the door, like the, the like the wing doors that fl- open oh, yeah, up, yeah. kind Pontiac of cool. Fiero. And uh, yes, thank you. Sorry, I just had to. I felt proud about that. Continue. So I remember, I remember seeing it in, at the Sobeys in Cole Harbor, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Dad, it's a Lamborghini!" Yes. Yeah. So, and like, but the doors looked half broken. It was almost like it was like made out of cardboard or paper mache. It was like, wah, 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 wah. like nothing about it <laughs> looked mechanical. It's just like yeah. jaggedly moving up. Like, no oh, smooth. Damn it. I, I wish I never had to. Um, but I'm like, who in town has a Lamborghini? Like everybody. Like, but this cool. would have been like 1999. So like, you'd obviously know. Well, someone was, was splurging it. before Y2K. And right. Oh yeah. I yeah. remember Y2K. Some people spent theirs on a bunker. And others spent theirs on a kit to put on top of Pontiac Fury. It ended up being like a security guard from Penhorn Mall. Do you want to know my get-rich-quick scheme? And you know, Tell uh, us, Ty Lopez. <laughs> tell us. Penhorn Mall, that's a throwback. Oh, yeah. Mullets, leather coats, stroller. I have a friend that's banned from theirs. Um, so anyway, thanks for interrupting me. You're welcome. I apologize. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so we're here's, listening. Here's, it's not like the rap song again. <laughs> here's the idea. All right, so what you do is you uh, raffle off a chance to win a spot in Doomsday Bunkers. Okay, so what you do is you build a shell of uh, like one bunker, and then you take pictures of a video of it and show like. So then you go door to door or to rich people and you say, okay, you can buy into having a chance to be in a bunker. Okay, that way you can sell more, right, than you have. But you never build the bunkers, okay? And so people are, but you make it look. You convince people that you have this bunker. Just take so continuous. You build one. So you go to your you build you build one like a show home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You build a show home. Say, okay, I've got bunkers set up all throughout Northern Canada. Okay? Bunkers Island. Yeah, it's all on Bunkers Island. That's where the name came from. And then you you just build one. And then if the end of the world happens, well, it's the end of the world. Nothing's going to happen to you. Uh, or if it doesn't, then they never need it. So they don't get to go there. Because it's if top more than secret. one person wants to go see So it's insurance, time. essentially. 
Assurance. Assurance. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you're just paying for the chance to get in. Uh, or even you sold actual spots. You could do this. Yeah. Ben's Ark. You just sell the, sell the spots <laughs> and you don't Ark. actually ever build it. I see some flaws. <laughs> like, the people who could afford to pay for a ticket for this to get a chance would probably just build their own. This kind of reminds me of that Bruce McCullough skit from Kids in the Hall. These are the Daves I know. Nope. We talked about all the different Daves I You're know. You're not going to get anyone to understand that reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure <laughs> no, I know <laughs> Kids in the Hall for sure. Yeah, some of us are Daves, but most of us are Daves. Yeah. We all have our own moms, but we come from different... Or we have our own hands, but we come from different moms. <laughs> but if like, you could put all the different Daves you know into the, into the bunkers. Yeah. And then we have a David Ark. Yeah. David's tea. Think of all the different <laughs> <laughs> it just got weird in here. Oh, yeah. David. Oh, David. Oh, Speaking of beverages. This here podcast is brought to you by Heritage Brewery. Beer so good it'll make you say, mmm, you sure do got a pearl of mouth. Yeah, and that's all you got to say about <laughs> that's that. That's all we need. <laughs> just, Thanks, just, it's just a palate cleanser. Just like a delicious... Beer from Heritage Brewery. You got to clear your palate, go down and try all the different things, get a flight of beers, and eat some wasabi in between the beers to clear the palate. Oh, the palate. Why are you saying beers? Because Bob beers used to play. What do you say? Do you say single? Like no, I say like like if I wanted like go like give me five beer. I'd like to. Oh, I'd say beers. Like you say, hey hey guys, like do you want to come out and get some beers? No, I don't say beers. What do you say? Grammatically, it's beer, but I but beers beers is like beers with the boys. Yeah, yeah. I got I got made fun of when I worked in the states for saying beer about multiple beer. Yeah, but that's the states. I know, but but that's why that's why I asked why are you saying beers? Then you said you comparing don't say beers. You said pop, and they would have made fun of you because it's like so. But you say you say that because you look at an Alexander Keats can or bottle and you see antlers. And say you're like, well, it's deer, <laughs> so it, it's the same as beer. Yeah. I don't say deers. No, actually, I think grammatically beers is correct. Plural. But it's just with the S? But I don't think anyone here, Take like five beer. most people here don't say beers. Well, that's three, why I three out of four at this table. Well, he's not do. from here. Hey, you didn't have to point. <laughs> All right. You can also he use my name. He's Listen, not from here either. Whoa, whoa. Red light for a second. <laughs> True or false? If all four of us were to share our childhood household telephone numbers, they, would they start with a nine oh two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> right. so just because just because some people are from the island of Nova Scotia, it's not an island. No, we are a peninsula. I, that was a reference to nine oh two being used by Prince Edward Island. I, I, we view it as Nova Scotia sharing nine oh two with us. Really? Oh, the you guys? Like did you guys people? adopt it later on though? I don't know. Well, the Brune, the Brune, <laughs> how would I know that? I don't know. My anyway, entire life has always been 902. Okay. Okay. Do you go to Brunel? Brunel. Brunel all the time? Uh, I've been like many times. Yeah. Do, do you remember their, their jingle for their, their tire, sh- tire shop? Like, uh, like, don't forget the 902 because it's important <laughs> in PEI because you, you need to include that in the phone number. No. Well, I mean, well, we did. When, growing up, I didn't have to. Unless I was calling, uh, like, Summerside, which I never did as a child. So I never had to use 902. Fun fact. If Drumlin Heights in Argyle wants to call wants to call Wedgeport, um, that's a long-distance phone call. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. It doesn't I, make any sense. Yeah, I've tried to call parents from the school, and then it's like, you can't. It's long distance. And I'm like... Darn. I hope they call me. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I don't know what to do. But anyway... So B guy's great guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm going back there this summer again. You should. Can we record on Prince Edward Island sometime? 
Yes, my parents have a sweet spot. Just halfway across the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> live from Confederation. That's not where they're from, but can, go ahead. They're not from the bridge? They're not. We uh, No. They're not bridge we, were, we were on you it look before like it was a bridge built. folk. We were on it before like it was fully <laughs> built. Just like halfway out? Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. We could, <laughs> we could see like the other side. Like they, they built the two ends coming together. Yeah, yeah. That's like, a good way tunnel. to build a bridge. Worked. I mean, I don't know how so it was kind of cool. We actually stood at the very edge and we're like, huh, there's like the other part of the bridge. So then after then hours, we went home. Yeah. Like, they were like, no, like, we, were, we were invited on. But okay. like, we knew like the person who was like, you were a delegate. Yeah. Of, of he's PEI Viceroy. royalty. Yeah. Yes. He's, they call him the potato prince. Did you, did you, <laughs> that is a, that is a title bestowed with honor. Do not Don't deface make fun of that my title. Potato prince. Yes. Welcome to the world. According to Tyler Smith. Is that, is that it's a magic, magic card? It's a magic you... card of the potato prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what are the powers, just so I know? Like, what yeah. do you get? Are we getting into magic cards right now? Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Oh, that's prepare, from, uh, that's... prepare to be in hot water. The almighty potato prince can wipe out an entire population with potato blight. Blight! Oh. <laughs> just ask the Irish. Oh. Oh. That's low. That's yeah. what the card says. That's, He's the potato that's prince. Irish-phobic. What do you yeah. need to, what do you need to, like, what's it called when you have to I don't know. Turn I didn't it. Play magic it? cards. Oh, bop it. No, not bop it. <laughs> Turn Pull it. Pull it. Twist it. If this was a pog. I would know. None of you are helpful. Take the Simon challenge. None of you played magic cards. You that, didn't play magic my cards. My brother has tons of them. That's a very, never, have, that was never, a very accusatory. Does tone. he have the black lotus? <laughs> uh, pff, I wish to be like fifty thousand dollars richer. Is that what they're? <laughs> yeah. Some guy, just, some guy just opened a one that he had from like like the original like the Tempest deck, and he opened one, and he was like, oh. Shit. And like he sold it on eBay for like $50,000. Speaking so, of being richer, there was a guy I saw online. He posted an, uh, just a picture of a StarCraft tournament rewards breakdown. Like he was in the StarCraft tournament like 20 years ago or more or something. And the rewards for the like where you finished, like first place was $500 and like down from there. Fifth to eighth place all received 25 Bitcoins. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. But I mean, back Bitcoin then, they were, around? Back yeah. then they were only like, a, they were less than a dollar. Right, it was like yeah. I don't know, like it was twenty years ago, but it was when StarCraft tournaments yeah. were still popular. So, can you imagine if close. you were like a kid playing in that, and like you forgot by the time, like now that you had those bitcoins, they're just like chilling in a vault where you're making fifty-eight thousand a piece. I forgot yeah. I had a Sony Sports Walkman, nice, like with the little clip. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> I remembered about that. Was it yellow? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it had any value. It didn't turn me into this Richard guy that uh, Benton was talking about. But I didn't say Richard. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on in the world, Tyler? Yeah. Do you guys like sushi? Uh, yes. I do. I'd like to throw a plug in for Honeybees because I had lunch there um, during March break, and it was terrific. Mm. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, they don't offer a promotion where they're at. Now, if they do, I'm kind of on the fence. Would you change your name for all-you-can-eat sushi? Depends on how long. It's, yeah. Yeah. If it's a one-go, no, probably. <laughs> <laughs> if it was for the rest of my life well that's a different story just show up my name is Sushi Ben yeah um, <laughs> what well, would you would you change your last name as well the same like role. would you just be yeah would you be a certain type of sushi would your first name sushi I'd something be, I'd be dragon roll like first name dragon second name roll yeah Mr. Well, roll what kamikaze I was thinking I'd be kind of, yeah, I could be a kamikaze roll yeah, yeah. just if running into stuff yeah that makes sense so let's switch gears and go to Taiwan. Um, folks, uh, well, 186 of them 
um, jumped on board for this promotion from a from a sushi restaurant saying that if you change your name or you add the characters which would be Taiwanese for salmon so they put salmon in your name legally um, you get all you can eat salmon or all, I'm sorry all you can eat sushi for a table for six for that evening um, so yeah. only for that one evening yeah, yeah. just one night yeah you go over for supper one night in sushi to le- how much does it cost to legally change your name well it's like four bucks Oh, okay. It's four dollars, and they issue you like an ID card. <laughs> so, You're making this up, aren't you? No, this is actually sweet. So some of the names are actually pretty good, like Salmon Prince, Salmon Donbury, Salmon Fried Rice, Explosive Good Looking Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Explosive I Good Looking. If it's easy to change your name there for four dollars, then you change it for that day. Go get your free sushi. Yeah. Change oh, it yeah. back the next well, day. Well, yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> the, well. Let's take explosive good-looking salmon for example. Him, he's a university student. Yeah. And he paid the the four bucks to go switch his name. Him and his friends, um, they they ate roughly seven thousand dollars. <laughs> no, that's impossible. Well, wouldn't you die of mercury poisoning by that point? Well, if you're eating tuna and like the big fish, yeah. the small fish would be alright. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the little ones. Yeah, so they really they doubled down. They probably got the good stuff. Yeah. So so yeah, it, it, it is uh, each citizen can change their name only a maximum of three times. So that's um, Taiwanese law. Like you that is three. the law. Like you cannot it's four bucks a pop, but you can only do it three times. You can't frig around more than that. Um, so one fella named his, named his name uh, changed his name to Salmon Dream, and he went. And he had a terrific dinner. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, he they, he later found out that he could never change his name again. Wait, what? <laughs> he's like, sorry, that's your third one. You're stuck with that one now, Sam and <laughs> like Dream. His punch card is full. <laughs> can't get a new punch yes. card. Yeah. Don't come back. You're done. You are now Sam and Dream forever. Yeah, and there were there were some awesome names. One guy really wanted to like jump in on any other promotion that had to do with uh, name changing. So he changed his name to uh, Chen Loves Taiwan. Abalone, tuna, salmon, snow crab, sea urchin, scallop, lobster, beef, the Mayfall, the Palace de Chien, Regent Hilton, Caesar Park, Hotel Royale. That is his official <laughs> name. So if any of those particular names come up in a name yourself. you get free something, he's like, done. <laughs> I never that, have to change my name again. Is that like, okay, I know that I... I I mean, your Chinese correspondent. I don't remember that being a promotional thing in China. Like, you change your name to our name... And you get a free night stay at the Hilton. It's yeah. like I I don't remember. Is that it's got to be, be a Taiwanese thing? It's, it's got to be. Uh, it, it's a good promotion. I mean, like think of all the play it's gotten, especially because this guy can't change his name back. But right? has it gotten so, any? Would it get any more play if this guy couldn't get his name back? And I don't know the name of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So like, what are what are what are they accomplishing? Well, yeah, well, also not in Taiwan. So true. But does he, it might not even say it in the article. No. I mean, maybe it does, but... No, it was... Uh, I think it was a really, really good idea. And... Um, I mean, they had 180 people do it. That's pretty good. Honeybees gets 300 a night. Yeah, we don't, we don't have... And they didn't... They, we don't have they, 180... They had, they had 100 people, 180 <laughs> people do it, and they had to give out free sushi. This sounds like a terrible strategy. But is it... Is, are you really selling more product by doing this? Or are you giving losing. away a table of six from thousands of dollars exactly. worth of sushi? 
don't know. We'll have like to what get them marketing on. We'll strategies? We'll get them on next week. Have you? <laughs> we'll call them up. <laughs> we'll call them. Fun fact: When I, uh, I may have said this before, but I used to call Club Jazz Ya in. Um, do you ever go to Club Jazz Ya when you're over there? It was in Beijing. It was a it was a 24 hour nightclub. One night, whatever. Uh, late in the <laughs> evening, we were uh, we realized that the telephones at Saint Anne were like in their our teacher lounge were via internet. Like they were like internet line going into the phone. Shit, I must be able to call anywhere with the internet. No long distance phone calls. Internet. So we called McDonald's in Kuwait, and <laughs> we called you know, Club Jazz. Yeah, it was a twenty four hour nightclub, and I used to. I used to call them on my cell phone all the time before I had to pay adult bills. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I used to try and get, uh, like, book a table. Like, yeah, I'd like to make a reservation for four of my friends. And, like, you want business? And then, like, I'd have to be put on hold, and then someone else who could kind of talk English come back. It was a lot of fun. Um, another one was Johnny Rockets Burgers in Hollywood. I would always make reservations there. There was a guy named Oscar who worked in, the in like, flipping burgers in the kitchen. And... I, I'd, I'd call up. I'm like, hi, who's, who's working in the kitchen? I'm like, oh, it's Oscar. I'm like, oh, great. Can you put him on? And then when Oscar would pick up, you'd be like, Oscar, hey, it's Tyler. And, and he'd be like, oh, hi, Tyler. <laughs> and then I'd be like, listen, can you give me a reservation? <laughs> Johnny Rockets Burgers is like a fast food joint. <laughs> like, couple, me and some business colleagues are coming down. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. It's like a Carl's Jr. And you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, put our sign out. Put the sign out. He was a really good sport. I can imagine you confusing so many people in China with that because reservations just aren't a thing. You just show up and hope for the best. <laughs> so, so what do we do at this table? Yeah, honest to God, like maybe at like a high end like nightclub, like if you got table service or whatever, you could get that. But at any like, I've been to a couple fancy restaurants and they never did any kind of rezo. You just like walked up and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a ten minute wait." Oh, they just left. Okay, you can go in. Like that was you like, just wait. You just waited. That's all you could do. Like, often, very rarely, very rarely did I ever wait for a table in China. Did you ever weasel your way into a restaurant to prince. get a table? Uh, no, but I, I have just gone into a really fancy wa- uh, restaurant to use the washroom. With swimming trunks. <laughs> no, we're like in Switzerland and they have their jazz fest. And the public toilets by like, you think Switzerland's really clean, but... At, at like even 11 p.m., you go in there and there's like all everything's clogged and there's like two inches of piss on Just the, the old house. Yeah, it's like so. And I always have flip flops so on, so we're like, screw this. So we started yeah. just and all the restaurants in this square, you're in the piazza and the, the concerts there, they're all super fancy restaurants. These nice Italian, really expensive. And then I like I'm like nah I'm sick of standing in piss like I'm like, do it so I just like walk like everyone's suited up in there I'm just busting in with shorts and flip flops and like sweating because I'm dancing and I'm like just I walk right through and they're like You're glistening they're too Flip-flops polite squishing through sweat and piss <laughs> and they're they're too polite to stop you and then and I would go in and out of that restaurant several times throughout the evening <laughs> like, you just give them the yeah. nod like me again yeah I, I belong here. Yeah, and then so in a in a fancy one like that, you probably sit down to pee though, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Heated seats. We we had to pay sometimes. Like in Thailand, they would charge you to use a toilet. Would so, it be clean? No. Are you paying for a dirty toilet? Yes. That's what you're pro- paying for a trough like that sometimes. Too. Yeah. All so, the shops and uh, restaurants yeah. that had bathrooms, they were like if you weren't a customer, yeah, they were like they would charge you like the McDonald's there. You had to pay to get a token. To get into the bathroom. Yeah. I used a trough at a, um, 
Joe Louis Arena where the Red Wings used to play, and it's a big one. It goes around the whole outside of the room. Yeah. And I was really tempted to, to make a little little paper boat. <laughs> It'd just be like, Woo, see you later. We used to do that in the ditch yeah. on yeah. Chestnut Street. Yeah. Race ten, chestnut ten boat. boats. Yeah. yeah. I never, uh, I never got that. to make a boat. Nice. Let's shift gears. I'm going to throw one more at you before we, uh, before we move along. Um, let's go with the... Uh, there's a, do you guys know John Michael Montgomery? Yep. Oh, Sold. yeah, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. So uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's got like, hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the video for that one takes place in a, uh, a, ca- a cattle auction. Yeah, it's called Sold. Um, so imagine like they're pretty, they're, I guess sometimes they're wild animals. They, uh, one of them went nuts in, uh, in Harris, Harrisonburg, completely sideways, went on a rampage. And uh, two police officers are trying to, I guess, subdue it or, or, or carry it out. And uh, it got to the point where one needed to fire their his or her weapon and uh, ended up shooting. At the cow? Yeah. Shoot the cow. Okay. But, and yeah, then shot the other cow. I going to take out a cow anyway. Maybe just to like. Well, I mean. well, old brother, where art thou? Remember that scene where he shoots the Tommy gun and just goes. Oh, that yeah, really yeah. put it into context. That wouldn't kill a cow. So, but the, but one cop shot the other cop in the process. This is like a comedy movie. So, <gasps> yeah, the, the cop. So the cow escaped the auction. Yeah. So like he got out. And he's running away. What do we do? Call and the then, cops. And then the cops show up and they're like, "I know what to do. That cow's un- unarmed. Shoot it." <laughs> Just like, Get it. Open not, carry. Yeah. yeah. Not fatal. How many times do you think cops are called to things that are like? What, are you what do you think I can do about this situation? You know what I mean? Like things. When have they ever been cattle wranglers? Yeah. So like that's not part of the public job description for a cop. How viral of a video would that be, though? If it was like a badass cowboy cop, it was like, I got this. Yeah. Watched, also like a yeah. full a lasso. lasso. Like, yeah. I watched a lot of Walker Texas Ranger, man, growing up. <laughs> Thank God I know Chuck Norris well. Yeah, that, like so many times I think about that. Like I, I'll, you'll read these stories, but like cops defuse the situation, like. Half the time, it's like human one, being. Yeah, it's just like human being. Like you should be able to figure this out on your own without calling the cops. Yeah. Or other times, you're like, why would you call the cops for like an escaped badger or something? Like yeah. they're not the ones you call for this. Or it's like a mental health crisis, and yeah. like, they're not trained. Yeah, them. no. And that see that was a big misconception, uh, like with defund the police, because everybody's like, and that's like why it was so unpopular. That's why everybody scared of liberals. They're like, it's not take all the cops' money. It's like use some of that money that's in law enforcement, maybe their tank money or their yeah. RPG or yeah, tear gas cannon, and put that money into programs like animal control, like mental health. like And so that cops don't have to do all the work. Yeah, replace the fence at the auction. Yeah. <laughs> Defund the police and get a better fence. Way better cattle fence. Build the fence. <laughs> Build the fence. <laughs> Make it electric. Yeah. yeah, so I'd be I'd be pretty pissed if uh, I'm like, why am I here? This stupid cow. Now I've got a bullet in my shoulder. Okay, um, wait, wait, wait. The police officer was okay. W- sorry, I Relative. totally missed that. Go back. Why did the guy have a bullet in his shoulder? Because he, he missed shot the, cow. Shot the cow. Missed the cow. Hit the police officer. Oh. He missed my partner. Being like, not me, you idiot. It's like police academy. <laughs> I think I was too busy focusing on the fact that like a police officer was cow to an es- called to an escaped cow. Like I was yeah. too focused yeah. on like the complete lack of. Get training. his other hoof. I'm trying to get the cup on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, yeah, that's that. That's not good. Yeah. So the cow won that one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Make it work, or they, they agreed to disagree. Like I'll go back, but um, <laughs> yeah. you're shot. Yeah. yeah. 
You saw what happened as a result of you coming by. Just yeah. Go back home. <laughs> Try that shit again. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a complete waste of public resources. I'll never be like. your steak. That gets stuck in my head so many times on the drive to Drumlin. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn you, Ben. Yeah. Your catchy tune. I got funky soul. Stupid. Yeah. I don't have to. Oh, yeah. I miss the old hand scribbles. The what? what? I, when I used to do it a cappella, he would always end it rubbing his hands together. Yeah, oh. that's like, pre-soundboard. Uh, yeah, this is okay. pre-microphone. This is Yeti mic, four dudes, one mic. Hey, do you remember you used I to put that movie Elmer's glue on your hands <laughs> and you rub it off? Vaguely. Yeah. You guys you ever do that with like, I used to put it like on a protractor and like put glue on the protractor and then you could also color the glue once it dried a little bit and it would come off as like one. Never okay. on a protractor, but I always laid a little line inside the inside of my desk in elementary and then I would peel it off in one big piece. <laughs> or sometimes you just put it on your Hello, hands well, like, glue. to peel it off itself, like on your skin, just to feel like the yeah, yeah. coming off. Yeah, I got I got into it with Ryan McDonald back in the day, but like the one from Lawrencetown, and he's like, "This makes your hands clean." I'm like, "No, it's glue," and you're just rubbing glue off your hands. Don't be a clown. And he's like, "No, look," and he's like, "Look how clean my hands are. All this dirt is rolling off." I'm like, "That's <laughs> gross." It's just, just glue. It's <laughs> glue and dirt and skin. Yeah, nice guy. But I saw I saw like a little. Like video, I don't know if it's a TikTok thing, but it was talking about like all the stuff that everybody does growing up, and one of them is like putting glue, and then stabbing your eraser with your pencil, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then using your hands to shoot the water from the sink into the drain part of the sink, like, yeah, to make a little slide. overflow, yeah, yeah, and it's just like everything. I'm like, oh my god, I've done every one of these things. I'm pretty sure everyone has. Oh yeah. What about throwing pencils into the ceiling tiles? Yeah, uh, yeah I've that. never done that one. What? No, you yes, you have. No, no, damage. Um, I, I, I was never a big vandalism guy. It's not or, or vandalism. That's just fun. Or digging the holes in my desk. With oh, the, I never did oh, that. Yeah, that's that's too far. I, but I, I was really impressed at the times that kids could go really far. I'm yeah. like, wow, look how far you can go. So I got a question. Have you guys heard of this thing, COVID-19? Nope. Mm, is that, is that the same as a coronavirus? Or is yeah, the, yeah. So it is the coronavirus. Coronavirus. I and heard about I, that. You know, like we were we were back in the day. There was another. That's just the flu, right? It's CBC. Not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, it'll pass. Yeah. There was another president before Biden. I forget his name, but anyway, he was telling people to drink bleach and do unfortunate things. You know, to combat this. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, this guy isn't the first one with a brilliant idea to combat a deadly virus. Oh, neat. And so. Uh, a related virus to COVID-19 is the SARS, right? Yes. And so, do you guys remember the SARS outbreak? Yeah, I wear SARS I mask t- to teach every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still, I still wear SARS mask. Yeah, I wear yeah. SARS mask all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's why I disinfect my groceries. And, um, so, yeah. So, back between 2002, 2004, 30 countries were struck by SARS. Uh, it was very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Have respect. <laughs> Sorry, that, that got me. Um, so, <laughs> so eight thousand. These numbers seem like such rookie numbers at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so eight thousand people got infected. Uh, uh, Seven hundred seventy-four people died. Okay, globally. Uh, but one of the most serious countries hit was Wait, Taiwan. That's it for SARS. Yeah. Really? I remember it being like a 
774 people globally died. And how many people got it, Terry? Like 8,000. It's got to be more than that. I remember someone in PEI got it. Oh. But they were in Taiwan. Hong Kong. Are you sure it wasn't like bird flu or? No, no. I remember it because we were in high school at the time. Okay. Like, uh, anyway, yeah, no, sorry. That's, that's crazy. It's, so It seemed like it should be more. Anyway, sorry. So Taiwan, they had about calling, 664 cases in the country between March and June of 2003. And of these cases, 73 were fatal. So this, this was before, like, you know, the last big pandemic was Spanish flu. So, like, people, right. you know, were worried about it. Like, this is when masks started coming out in Asia a lot more, that and the bird flu. Mm-hmm. And people wanted to avoid getting sick. So there was a 45-year-old woman had an unusual idea, okay? So she got into a bathtub completely full of 40, 40% alcohol. So she's like, I know. The viruses can't survive alcohol. I'll get in a bathtub and soak in the tub. So in rum. She's soaking in <laughs> rum. Yeah. Okay. So 40, 40, and, she, she, 40 and a half percent. Does she have a pirate patch? <laughs> Yar. It's um, a perfect way to hang. And she died. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> With the patch. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she, she ended up passing away because she was bathing in rum, basically. It wasn't specifically rum, but. Um, so, she had put herself uh, into the fluid around 11 p.m. And then she thought, because she thought it would uh, prevent SARS. And then she was found dead like 12 hours later the next day by her family. So this was published in 2005 in the Forensic Science International Journal. When they did the, her autopsy, they looked at her blood alcohol content, and it was 1,350 milligrams per 100 milliliters of blood, or it's a blood alcohol percent of 1.35%. <laughs> oh, my God. She's saturated. Wow. <laughs> so, like, so... In some people, a blood alcohol content of 0.4 could be fatal, okay? So, like, she was 1.35%. Now, was she that percent at death, or would she have continued to soak? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know exactly when she died. You know point, what I mean? It, 0.08 is a legal limit. Yeah, 0.08%. 0.08%. Yeah. 0.4 can kill you. Some yeah. people, you know. There's, um, according to calculations done by the offer, she would have had to absorb one and a half liters of 40% alcohol to no, get to that. Is she doing that through her pores? Yeah, so, well, this is what they kind of try to investigate. This is what they're trying to understand. So, talking about people that have had over 1% blood alcohol content is very rare because you usually die way before you get there. Mm-hmm. But there are some reports. In December 2010, there was a man in Queenstown, South Africa, driving a van containing five boys, a woman, and 15 stolen sheep. <laughs> Just, uh, so this is a real... And he had a, an alcohol level? He had, he had a blood alcohol content of 1.6%. Anyway. And, he, and he survived? Yeah. Was he, does, is there a photo? Like, is he a big man? Yeah, like... Uh, I didn't... I haven't seen yeah. the picture of Like, him. he couldn't know he was driving. You couldn't, you couldn't, I, don't, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, genetically, there's always going to be this crazy outlier. You yes, know what I mean? that's so, true. Yeah. So who knows? Um, and there's a paper in 1984 that talks about a man who survived a blood alcohol content of 1.5%, but he had, the only reason he survived is he underwent dialysis and like a bunch of right. intravenous drugs and fructose and everything pumping into him to keep him alive or he would have died. So when they found him in the bathtub, her head was above the fluid 
level. And this tub was too small to kind of like fit her whole body in it. So the researchers think that it's unlikely that she drank one and a half liters. Like she probably didn't sit, which would be the world's grossest drink. You're sitting oh, in a tub oh. drinking the alcohol. Well, it's disinfecting. Butt booze. <laughs> yeah. Yuck. The old taint tea. Oh. <laughs> so, David's. <laughs> David's taint. All right. Um, so, yeah, they said it was unlikely that she drank this large amount of alcohol, and she showed no signs of trauma, ingestion of drugs, or drowning. So, instead, they theorized that the alcohol was either inhaled and or absorbed via the skin. So, that's okay. what you guys were, were wondering about. Yep. Mm. So, a- alcohol can be absorbed through the skin, but intoxication caused by skin absorption is, is very rare, especially in adults. Nevertheless, she may have inhaled some alcohol, which would have accelerated her intoxication. So then, so she, she didn't get, have her bathroom fan on. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so if you're going to bathe in alcohol, make yes. sure it's well ventilated room. <laughs> so Rule then, one. So then, and then at some point, she got too drunk that she couldn't get out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So then, it's uh, it's just wouldn't a bad you situation. notice that? Like along, like wouldn't. You, you would think you would be like, oh, I'm getting tipsy right no, now. But she was probably having a really good time. Not. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> this was a great idea. Like a bubble bath? <laughs> throw a bath bomb in there? No, but you know, like, not that I've ever consumed copious amounts of alcohol, but sometimes if you have a little too much, then you stand up and then you kind of realize. So if you're chilling, sometimes you don't realize yeah, that's fair. how much yeah. it's affecting you. So while this case is, is shocking and sad, but very surprising, because it's, it's very rare. So dying from, like, disinfecting your skin with alcohol. So according to the World Health Organization, uh, talking about risks of alcohol-based hand rubs, published studies to date have shown that after using the hand rubs, alcohol levels found in the blood are insignificant and not detectable. But the authors of this paper conclude that the tragic case has demonstrated that people facing a crisis such as SARS epidemic may take extreme measures. Which, I mean, people in any... So what if... Are different parts of the body more susceptible to absorbing? Like if I were to squirt and rub hand wash underneath my armpits Maybe, all day, yeah. I think that would be good. All or if, day. Like if I were to have like sponges under there, underneath my shirt, <laughs> just with alcohol soaked in them. <laughs> Those pit stains? But, <laughs> no, I'm actually just trying to stay clean with my alcohol just sponges. Trying to, trying to clean my blood. Did you know that you can actually, if you use antiperspirant, just scrape it off your underarm and you can use it again? Really? Mm-hmm. With a credit card or maybe even like a library card? I'm thinking just like a full paint scraper. Is that is that why you didn't have many friends growing up? No. <laughs> There's other reasons. <laughs> oh, the magic cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this and and the magic cards. It's called tapping. When tap. you turn the card sideways, it's called tap oh, the card. Tap, tap, the, tap the mana. Tap the mana. Oh, yeah, you got to use your man up to cast your spells. It's a, t- it's a type of jellyfish. Type of the man of war. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Do you guys, man o war. Do you guys want no, one man. more uh, kind of mystery story before I get out of here? Not really. You're, you're going? <laughs> yeah, see you later. I'm just going to my room. Yeah, yes. I'd love yeah, to go. Right. Right. So, all right. There's a teacher, 20 year old, uh, 27 year old, sorry, teacher shows up to the hospital with a cough and a fever and a thick mucus that's kind of coughing out that's been persistent for six months so four months before she came to the hospital she had been prescribed antibiotics and anti-tuberculosis treatment which didn't seem to work 
Because tuberculosis, you think of it as like an old-timey disease, but it still kills over mm. a million people worldwide every year. Really? So, yeah, it's quite like, prevalent, especially in like the, like developing nations. I mean, you caught whooping cough, so people can catch tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah. You had whooping cough like as an adult? As like a 12-year-old. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So it's estimated that around a quarter of the Earth's population is infected with TB bacteria. Lots so of people don't become one ill. One of us here has. <laughs> <laughs> people don't always become ill with the disease, though. So you can just carry some of the bacteria and not be ill. About 5 to 10% of those people have chance of falling ill with the disease. So if you leave it untreated, 45% of people will die. And all those people, and basically, if you have HIV, if you're HIV positive, then you're very likely to die. Mm-hmm. She shows up, she has symptoms seeming like that. So they, they give her a bunch of antibiotics, anti tuberculosis drugs, and it just doesn't work. And so she's still, six months later, she's coughing six up. Six months with the same thing. Yeah, like she's just, her breathing's getting worse. She's coughing up lots of mucus. The school teacher took tests for TB. Turns out she's negative. So then they scan her chest, and then they find a lesion in the right upper lobe of her lung. That's kind of. It's just worrisome. Yeah. So further investigation, it appeared to be an inverted bag-like structure sitting in her bronchus. Okay, so in one of her, like... Bronchial in, tubes? In, in yeah. the tubes, yeah. Yeah, in the tubes. So oh, she had sorry, a what? An inverted bag-like structure. Okay. Turns out it was a condom. <laughs> oh, she had a chest condom. <laughs> she had the old... Lung That's condom. a lot of protection. Yeah. That's excessive. Um, but she'd need more for all the other... Uh, for the other tubes. Yeah. Yeah. So they removed this mysterious bag. Like, so they didn't know what it was at the time, but then they took it out and like some, it had fallen apart somewhat, but they could still tell. They could like, still like, this is. Yeah. This, that it, they identified serial it number. as a condom. <laughs> so obviously that's well, not a great place to have a condom well, is in your lungs. Yeah. Not one of the better options. And it was probably out of the, it was always obviously out of the wrapper. So you couldn't, couldn't use it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Was it a magnum or was it used? I don't know those ones. So, so after after the fact, they pull out the condom. Then the husband and wife talk about yes, there we six months ago we were practicing fellatio with so, edible condom. Well, not edible, obviously. No, just no. with with run of the mill condoms. I think even if it was edible, it could still get stuck there. And then they 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 could recollect that the condom had loosened during uh, during the act of fellatio, and at the time. The lady performing it had an episode of sneezing or coughing, uh, and then they're like, "I I don't know. I just thought it went on the floor. <laughs> right? Disappear. I thought you cleaned the room. I thought I cleaned the room. Did she bathe in booze as well? I don't know. No. So they think like a few compounding factors probably led to this six months of the old condom chest. You know what I mean? <laughs> the old con Combound- nah, compounding factors. <laughs> Condoming factors. Um, so they believe, like, obviously condoms aren't that destructive. Like, they're soft latex, they're malleable. So being in the lung, it's not going to cause a lot of damage. So, like, it's going to take a little while for it to affect you as much. Right. So because it's soft and elastic and rubbery, it, it wouldn't really damage things. But because it's obstructing, it leads to buildup of secretions over time and infections. But they, they think, like, how the condom was flapping around inside of her lungs when she breathes in and <laughs> You didn't really need to do the hand motions there. We knew what flapping I just, was. I just picture like a flag blowing in a stiff breeze, you know, like just like yeah. Like, yeah, it was flapping around in there, and her coughing would help her to like get out some of those secretions because it wasn't like 
it didn't damn it all in because it was kind of flopping around. I feel it would change her voice to Louis Armstrong. So this, so they think that led to a delay of symptoms. So like, you know, because over six months, the second thing that led to this is probably embarrassment. Because I'm thinking, how do you not know you inhaled a condom? Right. Yeah. You know, like I don't care how hard you sneeze, like it's going to be very uncomfortable. I had a friend in high school that inhaled gum. And it felt she almost. It seemed like she was gonna die. She inhaled a little bit of gum and like she coughed for like twenty three minutes. And then she had like it felt basically like pneumonia for like two weeks after. It was irritated wow. like hell. Yeah. So like I'm like a whole condom in your lung. I feel like you know. So they think that embarrassment. Did they? She thinks she's like maybe I'll poop it out. <laughs> she, she definitely must have thought it went down yeah. like the esophagus yeah. into the stomach, and yeah. she must have just like I can yeah. yeah. And that could be. Well, she's like I swallow my gum so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not swallow first, my condom. Yes. Yeah, it's not the first time I swallowed a condom <laughs> right so the team writes that the, the couple might have been hesitant to talk about what had happened because that happens all the time people lie to their doctors all the time yeah uh, which is one of the worst things you can do for someone who's trying to diagnose you like if you're a, a drug user and like do you use drugs they're like no no it's crazy when like one of your symptoms could be explained by <laughs> opioid use or something like that so right. people love lying to their doctors so they think that maybe they're just embarrassed. Yeah, I breathed in a condom. Because nobody wants to tell anybody that. You would think when they're operating, though. Do you know what I mean? When they get to the point where they're like, okay, well, we've taken x-rays. There's something there. Let's just haul it out. She's not like, yeah, it might be this. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, at some point, you 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 say, you're like, oh, I don't know how it got there. But they do say that, like, the third thing is, like, because of how young she is, they may not she may not have thought of this idea of breathing in a foreign body could cause the issues that she's having because she was 27 and an educator <laughs> i don't know that's what these it's doctors possible. it's possible i mean they're they're giving the either you're embarrassed or you're an idiot you know what i mean like so i mean give her the benefit be embarrassed of the doubt. yeah give her the benefit yeah. of the doubt so she's expected to make a full recovery so she's fine oh good so we can kind of laugh about it but there are still small pieces of the condom mm. in her lungs cuz it like broke apart it just um, didn't get them all out no cuz no, at what point, if she when she coughs, like is it? Can she projectile <laughs> shoot condom bits across the room? What's your superpower? Condom bits. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's gross. It is. It's disgusting. Yep. It's conceivable. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it happened. Benton Gallagher would like to invite you to join him on a journey. Through histories and mysteries. Why you were looking at me like that? Oh, so, did my swallow it? <laughs> uh, my last few stories we talked. I mean, World War Two comes up a lot. Yeah, because it's a lot of time. Plus, histories lot of, and mysteries, and there's a lot of interesting things happening at that time in the oh. world. Um, one thing that came out after the war uh, was that all these crazy, especially on the German side, were all these crazy scientific experiments and crazy things that were attempted because that you know at the time there were no ethics. Well, there was that, but also like when it comes to weaponry, everyone was trying to get the oh, yeah. leg up, right? And so I mean, there's tons of reports of uh, the Allies using rats. Uh, stuff with C4, like dead rats with C4, because what they the, the idea was that they would plant them around these German factories and they would see them be like, oh, I'll just throw them in the furnace and they'd blow up. Like that's, 
And it, and it, it's and, a good idea. Yeah. Um, the Allies actually, it, it never really worked, but the Allies considered it a win because they were like, uh, the, the truck carrying them was hijacked by the Nazis, so they, it got stopped before they actually did it. But the Nazis thought, oh, shit, they've already did it. The rats here, I'll have C4 in them. So, like, they took all these guys from the factories and sent them on, like, rat hunting duty. Yeah, they took three <laughs> days to kill every Just rat. Just kill all the rats. It slowed production down a little bit, so the Allies considered it a win. And they, you know, they also tried to use bats strapped with napalm, which yeah, like dropped from a rocket. Like, that rocket <laughs> would hit the ground, open up, all these bats would fly out. And then just when they'd hit things, boom, just now, like start fires. Nowadays, but, we just give them COVID-19, right? right? Just, yep. So, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's tons of weird ones, and like, but there's ones like bigger ones that I hadn't really heard about, one that I definitely hadn't, um, so I want to go over a couple of them. Uh, one of the ones I came across was the sun gun. Ooh. Sun gun. So I'm going to – so, I mean, I'll explain it first, and then you can try to guess – which country brought this one up? Uh, the sun gun was proposed to be a hundred meter wide concave mirror to be used in to reflect the sunlight onto a concentrated point on the Earth. They were going to put it in orbit. <laughs> okay, like this is like Bart Simpson with an laser. ant and, and so a magnifying glass. They wanted to have it eighty two hundred kilometers above the Earth. That was their plan. That's where the scientists figured out. They put it up there. They can reflect the sun's rays, and they can like burn entire what, cities. What year is this? This is World War Two. So this yeah, I'm trying like, to think. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do they have the technology to no, no, manipulate not. it once it's in space, or even to get it there? Yeah, that's what I mean. So the, the calcul- scientists calculated that a huge reflector made of metallic sodium with an area of nine square kilometers <laughs> could produce enough focused <laughs> heat to make an ocean boil or burn a city. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they, <laughs> they, they, dream. The, the, yeah. the scientists at the time predicted that obviously right now they didn't have the technology yeah but within 50 years no problem no problem no problem no problem nine kilometers of Mirror. pure sodium that's a lot of football fields <laughs> yep. yeah yeah uh, so it, so that was the Nazis they're probably not wrong. Uh, I, thought, uh, oh. I was going to say Djibouti. I was no, going to so say it was Japan because it's land of the rising I was sun. thinking Japan too based uh, on the land. Yeah. Uh, Nazis. So they had that one in... Uh, Definitely not Somalia. <laughs> and they, you know, when they, it was like uh, one of those things that it was kind of a myth almost. Like people weren't sure if it was real. But then after the war, the American scientists got their hands on all their research. And anyway, they turned it all classified. I feel like that was a plot of like a James Bond movie. Am I crazy? Very much so. yep. Is that Moonraker? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, when, when there's lasers, lasers yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking Moonraker. Sorry. It's also yes, Austin no. Powers. That's what yes. I was thinking. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. laser. So that one's a pretty crazy one. Um, the other one, I, I mean, everyone's heard of a ray gun before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This one, they actually made one. Okay. So they based it up, like Tesla was the first guy to say he's built a death ray. Okay. And te- Tesla said that his death ray could hit planes from 200 miles away. Nice. But his wasn't like an invisible and ray. It was cordless. It was like static electricity. Like yeah, he, he actually built He had stuff. a giant like Tesla coil <laughs> shooting lightning out at stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said he could theoretically build one big enough to be able to control it. And, you know, it would make war pointless because he could do anything with this thing. <laughs> I am your actually, lightning god. So Tesla actually Storm pre- from X-Men. That's he it. presented it to the United Nations. The, sorry, the League of Nations at the time in the 1930s. So League of Nations is a way better That's name. such a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the League of Nations, I mean, it failed, so it didn't work. But yeah, it's the true. name, though. The, the name's way better. Yeah. But So he presented it to them, but the, the U.S. was like, no, he's ridiculous. Like this, Don't listen to him. He's crazy. Um, 
but so anyway, he they, that was in the paper all over the world that Tesla's built this death ray and everything. So it caught the attention of another country, and they thought, well, if he can do it, so can we. Uh, they took what they could of his plans because like, Tesla gave over his plans and stuff. Like he actually never built it, but they got pieces and bits of it, and they tried to figure it on their own, and they created this laser or death ray, sorry, that actually worked. They were able to kill a rabbit, um, a ferret. Screw uh, ferret. Yeah. <laughs> no one really likes those anyway. That's probably just a... What about badgers? They taking out any badgers? <laughs> Hope they got some of them. Well, it's be, you know, it's because they were uh, everyone's trying to get a leg up, right? Like yeah. they all want to try to figure out how to get a leg up on their enemies. Um, anyway, they realized the, that the bunnies were their enemies. <laughs> If we don't get them, they're yeah, going to get us. That wascally wabbit. It's like watership down to an extreme. Stay ahead of the game, guys. So it caught, like, the when they when they pointed at stuff and they'd, use, they'd shoot it, it would destroy brain cells and, and all this stuff. Like, it was working. Yeah. But the problem was it needed to be so concentrated. It was, like, 11 minutes, I think it took. <laughs> Stay really still. Don't move. While I burn your brain. So Just don't move. Please. So they worked on it in secret, obviously, during the whole war. And, I mean, they were the closest, I guess, that anyone has come to building something like that at the time. So who was it? Sorry. The, the Japanese. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, they, I would have said the sun ray, but, you know, you know the yeah. ray gun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. The, I mean, they, the Nazis I for the ray gun. Sorry. Right. So, I, I, they, so no, and they said, you know, uh, the furthest thing, like, it was 30 meters away, the rabbit. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like used microwave waves. I don't know. I'm not China's pretty good at it now. Way. Oh yeah, they can shoot drones out of the sky with these uh, invisible space lasers, and, and they can screw up all those Indian uh, soldiers on the other side of the mountain. You're yeah. not allowed to use guns, but you better take that mountain back. <laughs> right. All, all right. right then. I got one more. Um, one thing that w- came up in World War One, I think I talked about before, was the iceberg aircraft carrier. Yes. Right. Uh, you, know, you know. So they. So. Another country built a submarine aircraft carrier. They actually built two. Um, it was a massive submarine that carried three bombers. Wow, that's cool. Bombers. But it wasn't like, and it still had all the capabilities of a regular submarine with torpedoes. When it would dive, would the, would the plane... Sonar, sorry. Would the plane just be mounted to the top? So the plan was that this, <laughs> these submarines... Ratchet straps. Theoretically... <laughs> Could dive like a normal sub, and they could. They could. Act, they, they actually were. They were slow moving. They were obviously harder to maneuver, but they worked. And the plan was that they could get these submarines in the water, uh, take planes, and they'd be able to bomb different areas of the world very quickly and secretly. Because if they can get their submarines to different parts of the world without being noticed, then they can drop a bunch of bombs and land the submarines back, land the planes back on the submarine. And go back down. So, so would the submarines be on top? Uh, sorry, the planes on top, yeah. or would a hatch open up? Yeah, and the planes kind of go uh, in. The planes were on top. Okay, <laughs> that's not like GI Joe. So imagine if you're like salt does you're nothing to this? across the ocean. Oh, sorry, no, nope. sorry. The pit, the, the one, one of the pitchers had the planes on top, but there was a spot for them. Okay, because that like makes if, sense. There was like I'm, a big cylinder t- a tube on top that the planes yeah. went in, and they yeah. Yeah, we're gonna take New York. Let's keep our planes submerged for. Two weeks yeah. in salt water, and let's watch how well they fly. <laughs> now back. No, no, I see no problems with that idea. I think it was uh, the equivalent. What's salt uh, no, water? I think it was two million dollars. They roughly cost like two million dollars in today's money okay. to build one of those back then. Oh wow, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty Excuse economical. Me, no, that's today's money, like two million dollars today. So what was that in the forties? I don't know. Like 
Oh, I you know what I mean? Like, it was like a hundred thousand back in the forties. So which no, is no, no, no. It was like oh. sorry, it was two million dollars in those days. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes sorry. More sense. sorry, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they're super expensive, and the plan was to build a fleet of eighteen of these because if you could get eighteen of these submarines, you know, you got fifty-four bombers. All of a sudden, you're able to drop on anywhere in the world. Um, so these, this was also the Japanese that built these. That makes sense. They were Whatever, very the experimental I, in the World War II. Um, the problem was when Yamamoto died, the other people were like, "Yeah, this isn't going to work. This isn't a good idea. Like, it's too expensive. It takes too long. You know, we need to focus our money and efforts elsewhere." It, it's so funny when you see the photos because I'm looking at them now, and and I, I know I shouldn't have thought about this, but in my mind, I was picturing like like a stealth bomber, yeah, not one oh, that you have to like you have to like grab the propeller and yeah. pull it down it to up. start. You know what I mean? Nope, still a World War II plane. It would cost yep. uh, thirty-two point two or point three million to, uh, okay. today. Okay, so I mean, at the time in Japan, I mean, I, this was in the forties when just before Yamamoto died, so like forty-two, forty-three. Uh, you know, they had money that they could be spending elsewhere. But yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, I had heard, I, these were three, I mean, I've heard of the ray gun before, but I never really looked into it, but the submarine mm-hmm. I'd never heard of. Yeah. And the fact that they built two, and they had them, and like, and the allies at the time. And showroom. The allies didn't know that they had them. Like, it was only after the war that they found right. out that they had these. And So, did they end up sinking, or can you go see these somewhere, do you know? I, I don't know that. Okay. I don't know if they sunk, I mean, they probably sunk them. So, saying that it, it would have cost $32 million. I just looked up quickly. The um, the newest aircraft carrier in the U.S. Navy is the Gerald Ford, and really? it is thirteen billion. Yeah. Wow. Well, they're like they're like nuclear nuclear powered, like like yeah. insane. It could run forever. You have four bars of Wi-Fi anywhere both, on the boat. They were both sunk when the Japanese lost the war. The U.S. used them as target practice for oh, other nice. submarines and things like that. <laughs> And like, they just watch the Japanese on the shore crying. They're like, it was so cool, though. Why like, so expensive. Why would I you get just... that you won, but wow, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was a cool idea, This guys. is not necessary. I, I mean, that one to me, like, that's a, that would have been a game changer. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously their plan was to go to the West Coast. But guess what? It wasn't a game changer because no. they lost. Maybe it, maybe it did work. Because <laughs> remember when... Uh, we talked about the Battle of L.A. when they just started shooting oh, and they yeah. shot everything down. Maybe it was those bombers. Yeah, the Battle of L.A. Look back at previous episodes. I couldn't tell yeah, you that, one. The, the Battle, Battle of Los Angeles. Came out, yeah, like, uh, yeah, they just flew back underneath the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, when I, when, I, when I read that, I just think, like, you see all these bombers, bomb a city, land back in the water, get on their submarines and just go away. And you're like, yeah. what in the hell just happened? Yeah. It's like, just <laughs> who bombed us? You're looking right? up and they've gone... They're gone. Low. They're just gone. Clever. So. It's like a George Clooney Ocean's Eleven style heist. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Ocean's Anyway, I thought 11. those were uh, some cool, cool tidbits. Yeah. Thank you. And for the last bit of cool tidbits, let's turn it over. Human interest stories with Alex Ritchie. Teach me to love. Is that the first time you've heard this? Yes. It <laughs> teased me to love. It was, again, I mentioned it before, not really the intention, but the execution was better than the intention. So I'm happy about <laughs> yeah. it. Double down. Yeah. All right. So I do have a story about uh, uh, somebody. It's, it's, inter- it's different than the other ones I've told before, but I really like it. And it's someone who I think we all should know and, and really respect. It's about. Steve? Is it my cousin Steve? 
You have a cousin Steve? Ah. You guys don't know. Everyone should know. I've him. always wanted to respect your cousin Steve. <laughs> You've tried, but just can't. <laughs> <laughs> He's a piece of shit. Yeah, bring it together. Uh, I don't have no, a strong jogging pant game. I don't. Big jogging pant game. <laughs> track pants on point. It snaps or just just the track pants? No, no socks I used and to the have white a, Reebok sneakers. I used to have a Nike... Silver, not gray. It Ooh. was silver because it was somewhat shiny. It's like the velvety, shiny, yeah. like Nike tearaway sweatsuit with a short sleeve jacket. <laughs> like it was just a t-shirt jacket, but it, yeah, it was nice. It was really did you nice. wear? Did you wear that to gym class? And we're like, every time on I'm gym ready, base, coach. I'm ready, every like, time on can gym I be day. the bulldog in British Bulldog today? <laughs> <laughs> I've got my suit. I definitely had the uh, the the shorts that would like you could zip off at the knees. Like you'd full Ooh, pants and yeah. then the zip offs, like, I'm ready. I have those like, now. They're my hiking pants. <laughs> you should not have admitted that. They're they're quick dry, all right? So if you get wet. And, and then, then they go just, to outdoorsy. Yeah, they're no, they're for, for hiking. So they're good for when you're in rock cleavage. That's yeah. what they're for. Yeah. I'm out there in the field getting sweet samples from a wall. I need to Shelf. zip off sometimes. It gets hot when I'm hammering. Do you ever take off just one leg and be like, ah, I'm only one leg hot? <laughs> like when you stick one leg out of the Yeah, out of the covers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have. But yeah. I'm not gonna Whew. confirm or deny. I am kind of hot, but not quite. It's like Nelson from The Simpsons. He's like, my chest is cold, but my arms aren't. That's why I always <laughs> wears the vest. <laughs> Anyways, so not at all related to. No, I'm not okay. talking about your fake cousin Steve. Okay. This is about Hedy Lamar. Has anyone ever heard of Hedy Lamar? Related to Kendrick? Aunt no. Hedy Lamar. No. Yes. Not. Is this your aunt Hedy? <laughs> is it my aunt? Hedy? <laughs> She's a teacher, right? Yeah. Very. Prim and proper. What are you picturing when I say Hedy Lamar? Like who and what comes to mind? I picture a female Kendrick hair. Lamar. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm picturing. Lamar. I'm actually picturing Road to Evanley's Aunt Hetty when she lets <laughs> the one episode when her like bow comes back. She goes, "Oh, remember we had a flame," and she like lets her hair down. Literally, she had long hair. Yes, she did. It was always in a bun though. So I'm this is H E D Y, not H E T T I E. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to erase that. I know. I'm sorry. I this don't want it in my mind. Same thing. Okay. Well, it's there. So, okay. So, I've got the story written. Slash, I got a lot of this from online. But it's still really good. I love the line. So, Hedy Lamarr was an Austrian-American actress and inventor who has been long been ignored by society. She was at one point considered the most beautiful woman on Earth and was even the model for Snow White and, weirdly enough, Catwoman. Okay. Wow. I don't really see a lot of similarities between Snow White and Catwoman, but she I see you're all Googling her. <laughs> see Wait, her. She's very Snow Whitey. She, yeah, she is she, Snow Whitey. You definitely you see the Snow White when you look at photos yep. of her. Like you can see They're comparing the her to Gal Gadot. Yeah. Yes. She was in 30 films. Yes, very much so. Okay, stop Googling. I got more of a story here. Okay. Okay. And all you listening, stop Googling now too. <laughs> you're driving. Yeah. I have a story. Yeah, exactly. All right. As a natural beauty, she was seen widely on the big screen in films like Samson and Delilah and White Cargo. However, society has long ignored her inventive genius. This is a story of a woman whom everyone should know and respect. This is the story of Hedy Lamar. So Lamar was originally Hedwig Eva Keisler. That is a hot name. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, it's not hot. Hot. She was born in Vienna, Austria on November 9th, 1914 in a well-to-do Jewish family. Not good. Yeah. No, not, Are you not, trying to say it's not going to be Jewish? Not good at that time. At that time. Oh, in, in, yes. Bad time. Bad yes. timing. 
bad place. I mean, 1914 wasn't terrible. Beautiful woman. Yeah, it's no. about to get bad. It's, it's going to get, it's, it's gonna get <laughs> not Sweet so Sweet 16 is not going to be great. Yeah. No, it's going to be bad. Yeah. An only child, Lamar received a great deal of attention from her father, a bank director and curious man, who inspired her to look at the world with open eyes. He would often take her for long walks where he would discuss the inner workings of different machines, like the printing press or streetcars. These conversations guided Lamar's thinking, and at only five years of age, she could be found taking apart and reassembling her music box to understand how the machine actually operated. Meanwhile, Lamar's mother was a concert pianist and introduced her to the arts, placing her in both ballet and piano lessons from a young age. So what's cool about her is that she, like, really, really young, was very much into the arts. You, you, you know that she's an actress, that she's got into acting, but her dad was a major influence in her life, and he was like, no, like, you, yes, you're, you're great, but make sure you keep an open mind and try and actually be curious about the world around you, which is pretty impressive for 1914. Yeah. Right? So, pretty cool. I used to tear apart our VCR as a little boy and I never invented Fergal. Did you did you put it back together? No. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> One time, sorry to interrupt, no, I ahead. cut open a Stretch Armstrong to see what was oh, making him it's stretchy. it's like corn syrup, isn't it? It was a thick toffee-like thing that I put on my neighbor's swing set. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just the goo? Oh, <laughs> we, we all settled into that story being like, well, I, I, we all know it's gooey on the inside, but the swing set part <laughs> threw it right yeah, over the, the fence. That's that awesome. I don't know. I don't know why I remember that. The of Chestnut Street. There's our, there's our sound. <laughs> <laughs> was it bent? Did you put it on Benton's we swing don't set? We have a swing set. No. Oh. No, I know. Well, that's a topic for next podcast. <laughs> ben had a swing set. Yeah. No, get get no, your mom on. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <right>. Stop. Lamar's <laughs> brilliant mind was ignored, and her beauty took center stage when she was discovered at the age of 16. She studied acting in Berlin. It was in her first small uh, film role by 1930. However... It wasn't until 1932, when she was 18, that Lamar gained name recognition as an actress for her role in the controversial film Ecstasy. The Ooh, film sounds be- scandalous for that time. Oh, yeah. Yep. It gets good. Sounds like a Pet Shop Boys reference. I think it was before the Pet Shop Boys. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think they referenced this. Uh, the film became both celebrated and notorious for showing the actress's face in the throes of an orgasm. As well as on-screen nudity. So I looked in more into this, and apparently to get her to... She was 18 at the time and had never had sex before. So to get her to actually show the face of an, like, of an orgasm, she didn't know what to do. So while they were filming it, they pinched her with a needle on her butt. And like, I like, like that this is, the, this is the part that you really looked into. <laughs> <laughs> One of many points I really looked into. Some really deep uh, research. It was, a, it was a deep dive. Thank you. So, like, that's, is that what? Apparently, that's what women look like whenever you know, I guess. Oh. <laughs> They've been pinned in the butt with a needle. Ouch. And also, I'm thinking, like, the on-screen nudity might have been, like, side boob. Oh, it's yeah, it had to have been. Because it was 1930, right? They're not showing. That's not it. Okay, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> not from my research. Uh, the film was banned in the United States and Nazi Germany, but celebrated in more liberal Rome. Uh, you know, they're lovers over there, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they never wear any clothes. Togas are always falling off. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was like, okay, nope, never mind. That is it, I guess. From the movie, is that a devil in the background? It's I a thought horse. it was like a it's bear a horse. <laughs> or a horse. Oh, 
Okay. So, more questions. Austrian, sorry, Austrian munitions dealer Fritz Mandel became one of Lamar's adoring fans when he saw her in the play Sissy. Lamar Mandel married in 1933, but it was short-lived. She once said, "I knew very soon that I could never be an actress while I was while I was his wife. He was the absolute monarch in his marriage. I was like a doll. I was like a thing, some object of art which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own." She was incredibly unhappy as she was forced to play host and smile on demand amongst Mandel's friends and scandalous business partners, some of whom were associated with the Nazi party. Not oh. good. When you grow up Jewish. Also, or in general, Nazis suck. Yeah, that's right. It'd be terrifying. She, she has to host and like, here's, here's this wonderful dinner I cooked. Enjoy. And there's while they're talking about how they want to murder the, your your entire like yeah. religion, so interesting though though, she escaped from Mendel's grasp in 1937 by fleeing to London, but took with her the knowledge gained from dinner table conversation over wartime weaponry. So, she was very famous in Austria and in you know Eastern Europe for her acting skills, but then she fled to London just before World War II taking with her all of this information about munitions. Oh, because so they're like, oh, we're going to put nine kilometers of sodium in the space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she knew all about it. She knew all about it. <laughs> Let him. Right? Because, again, her husband at the time was a munitions dealer. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he got all this inside information about what Nazi Germany was planning on doing. And so she took that information with her. Nice. And, again, keep in mind, she was... For the most part, what she's most well known for, which she shouldn't be, she should be known for this other thing. She should be, she was known for just being a, like an actress. Yeah, right. She's a trailblazer. Yeah, she she's Laura Secord of oh Austria Magnifica. Ooh, nice. You know what? I'd say more important. Yeah, I don't even I don't remember exactly what Laura's. I know she ran. Was it War eighteen twelve? Yeah, eighteen twelve. Yes. Okay, they're yeah. coming. Yeah, the British are coming. That's right? Paul Revere. Yeah, no. Paul Revere that is Paul Revere, she said, isn't it? She was saying that the Americans she's, were coming. Americans were told coming. Told the British. She's the Austrian right. Paul Revere. Right. right. Who is the, the American Laura Secord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, while in London, Lamar's luck took a turn when she was introduced to Louis B. Mayer of the famed MGM Studios. So he actually founded MGM Studios. Little did I know until I, again, Googled this. He's actually from St. John, New Brunswick. Wow, really? that's the best thing that ever came out of New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, he was like dirt poor. He left New Brunswick because yep. he was too poor. <laughs> what about my parents? They're pretty cool. My parents are from New Brunswick, here. and this is still the best thing. Yeah, to come I, 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 New Brunswick. They made some good movies. Sorry, mom and dad, I love you. Yeah, I love my parents too. But I mean, <laughs> MGM. So with this with this meeting, she she secured her ticket to Hollywood, where she mystified American audiences with her grace, beauty, and accent. In Hollywood, Lamar was introduced to a variety of quirky real life characters such as businessman and pilot Howard Hughes. Oh, crazy Ooh, Hughes. Oh, yeah. Crazy Hughes. She, in fact, dated Hughes. Oh. Okay. But she was mostly notably interested in his desire for innovation. So she wasn't really into him. She was into his desire to, like, create new things. Like, was it the spruce? Is it, What was his plane? I forget. The spruce goose. The spruce the, goose, the, was the, that it? The, the, the largest wooden plane yes. to almost fly. Yes. <laughs> he so, crashed all the time. Leading to that, her scientific mind had been bottled up by Hollywood, but Hughes helped to fuel the innovator in Lamar, giving her a small set of equipment to use in her trailer on set. And lots of heroin. 
what we so assumed. <laughs> yeah, cocaine dens were, or what, no, opium, opium dens, yeah. as I was thinking of. So while she had an inventing table set up in her house, the small set allowed Lamar to work on inventions behind between takes. Hughes took her to his airplane factories, showed her how the planes were built, apparently poorly, <laughs> and introduced her to the scientists behind the process. Lamar was inspired to innovate as Hughes wanted to create faster planes that could be sold to the U.S. military. She bought a book of fish and a book of birds and looked at the fastest of each kind. She combined the fins of the fastest fish and the wings of the fastest bird to sketch a new wing design for Hughes' planes. Upon showing the design to Hughes, he said to Lamar, you're a genius. Crazy like a road lizard. <laughs> I, I described, so I don't know why I thought of this. I described my, some of the students I've had as like hormonal bats. Like the, the junior high students, yeah, that's like hormonal bats. They split around all crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And the, I told this to like the high school students, and they just die laughing. And they're like, why? And like, just, and that was it. Like, they flit around like insane. Yeah, and like, they're completely controlled by their emotions. Yeah. So I just, that reminded me of that. So Lamar was indeed a genius as the gears in her inventive mind continued to turn. She once said, improving things comes naturally to me. She went on to create an upgraded stoplight and a tablet that dissolved in water to make a soda similar to Coca-Cola. Oh. This was in between it's her like acting gigs. Kind of, yeah, but it actually made it taste very, very oh, similar flavors. to Coca-Cola. Yeah, oh yeah. I thought was going to be a tablet like an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> she made a tablet that had Wi-Fi. In 1930-something. Yeah. However, her most significant invention was engineered as the United States geared up to enter World War II. Okay, and this is a this is a big one. This is a really important one. I'm ready for this. In 1940, Lamar met George Anthiel at a dinner party. Anthiel was another quirky yet clever force to be reckoned with. Known for his writing, film scores, and experimental music com compositions, he shared the same inventive spirit as Lamar. She and Anthiel talked about a variety of topics, but of their greatest concerns was the looming war. Anthiel recalled. Hetty said that she did not feel very comfortable sitting there in Hollywood and making lots of money when things were in such a state. After her marriage to Mandel, she had knowledge on munitions and various weaponry that could prove beneficial. And so, Lamar and Antiel began to tinker with ideas to combat the Axis powers. Ah. So, again, this is considered the most beautiful woman in the entire world who is a Hollywood megastar. It sounds who, like a Hollywood... She's like the female Forrest Gump. I think... More significant, Except, though. More, more intelligent. More intelligent. <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> she, does she know what love is? <laughs> well, no, actually, I, I, I looked into Wikipedia, and she struggled in her love life. But, yeah, no, and also she's real. Like, this really yeah, happened. So, literally, Wait, in between takes, what? she'd go back to her actual, like, trailer Solving and start trying to invent things to make the world better. So, the two came up with an extraordinary new communication system used with the intention of guiding torpedoes to their targets in war. What the? Again, wow. in between takes of, like, shooting a Hollywood movie. And cut. All right. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you, like, think of what I you do on great your idea. prep. Yeah. Like, what do you do on your prep? Are you trying to solve world issues? I emailed Mr. Gonzalez down at the Mexican <laughs> restaurant. That's about it for me. Exactly. She was trying to come up with a communication test system to guide torpedoes. The system involved the use of frequency hopping amongst radio waves, with both transmitter and receiver hopping to new frequencies together. 
Doing so prevented the interception of the radio waves, thereby allowing the torpedo to find its intended target. After its creation, Lamar and Anthiel sought a patent and military support for the invention. While awarded a U.S. patent in August of 1942, the Navy decided against the implementation of the new system. What the Navy did not realize at this time, but would later come back to, was that Lamar had just invented the very basis of GPS, Bluetooth, and Wi-Fi. So, so she could have invented the iPad. So the Wi-Fi was on the Spruce Goose? <laughs> Almost. It's basically the Concorde. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately, this woman with this film composer invented the idea of GPS. As a hobby. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi while filming Hollywood videos, movies at the exact same time. Okay. So she's not the Laura Secord. She's the Kanye West of Austria. You should leave. <laughs> <laughs> that like, is insane. Though. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. Like, like honest, it's it's crazy. So, and again, she was not known for this until much later. Like, you're pretty. It, honest <laughs> to God, that's what they cared about. Yeah. They're like, she, she. I no, mean, she is. She's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And that's all they cared I'm about. Surprised she just like punch dudes in the face all the time. Be like, look at my patents. <laughs> I think often. <laughs> They had to get him as like the main guy on the patent, even though she did the majority well, of the given, work. Given the times, it would yeah. be yeah. near impossible for her to right. And it's yeah. this weird, for sure. And this this weird juxtaposition of the fact that yes, she was very well known, so she should be known for Hollywood, but as well as these inventions, because she was known as well too for being so beautiful. No one remotely took her seriously for any of the inventions that she came up with in her entire life. Do you think the fact that we don't know about all of this is because a story so remarkable is difficult to wrap our minds around. Probably. Think of what you can do in your spare time. I think what I do in mine, it's not this. Well, every November around Remembrance Day, we we talk, I like looking up Leo Major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his story is is, is like, not as remarkable, as as inventive as this, but in in other ways, ways. it's like, holy smokes, this this couldn't have happened. I, I Let's 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 do him another another time. Or do you have, I, you oh did. yeah, I did on Remembrance Day. Yeah, yeah, never mind. I'm I'm almost done. Sorry. About oh, okay. so the rejection led Lamar to in, instead support the war efforts with her celebrity by selling war bonds. So she became a spokesperson for war bonds to actually increase the amount of funding for the war itself. Happy in her adopted country, she became an American citizen in April 1953. Lamar's patent expired before she ever actually saw a penny from it. Unfortunately. While she continued to accumulate credits in films until 1958, her inventive genius has yet to be recognized by the public. It wasn't until Lamar's later years that she received any awards at all for her invention. The Electronic Frontier Foundation jointly awarded Lamar and Anthiel with their Pioneer Award in 1997. She invented this during World War II. She did not get a single recognition of it until I was born, like well after I was born. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Lamar was also became the first woman ever to receive the Invention Conventions, which I think is a great name, Invention mm. Convention, uh, Bulby Nass Spirit of Achievement Award. It just keeps getting better, that name. <laughs> <laughs> the initials would be I-C-B-G-S-A-A. Ah. Yeah. Bulby. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he ever do? Although she died in 2000, Lamar was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame for the development of her frequency hopping technology in 2014. Such achievement has led Lamar to be dubbed the mother of Wi-Fi and other wireless communications, such as the GPS and Bluetooth technology. 
This is the story of Heidi, of Hedy Lamar. This is a story we should not forget. Yes, should have known it to begin with. Isn't it like I honestly I'd, I'd heard about it and honestly it came from like a cracked article that I remember from years ago that I'd read and I was like, how is this like the very thing we need essentially almost most in our in our technologically advanced lives is Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, like all these things we use daily without even thinking about it, and this woman invented it years ago and then they took what she started with which was used for, it was almost a hundred years ago exactly mm. like they, used almost a hundred years ago they they took that basis of it and not like a little bit of it like they used that as the starting point and then added on to it and they didn't add that much more to create all this stuff and, and, and now it was just used everywhere around the world every day constantly and she was just just a hollywood actress who was paid very handsomely for the fact that she was a great actress, beautiful and brilliant. Like this woman is brilliant and should be known. She should be known as an inventor and Before also an actress. actress, but she's still even to this day, mostly known for being an actress, actress and an inventor. Yeah. Like everybody recognizes me as a podcaster, not as a shoe salesman. <laughs> I don't think so anyone recognizes you as, but she either. wouldn't even, she wouldn't even be like the Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson did two in the same sort of, Line of work. Could she be? I who, mean, he did play be baseball and football in the same day. It's true. Deion Sanders. Mm. What? Deion Sanders would do that. Yeah, he? Deion Sanders did that. Too. Would he be Bo the, Jackson did it. She's like Clara Hughes. Clara Hughes, two different sports and a spokesperson. Was there and a musician? Olympic medalist for both? Yeah. Deion Sanders was like the only person ever hit a home run and catch a touchdown in the same week. My cousin Steve once stole a bike <laughs> from a child and a threw it in the harbor. And then, gave, <laughs> and then gave bone marrow in the same week. Yeah. And called it even. Alrighty, folks. I want to thank you for coming along on this magical journey full of intelligent stories and not-so-intelligent stories. I want to take a second to invite you to check us out on Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. Leave us five stars. You can say whatever you want. You can say Benton's mustache could use... Just for men. All right, good night. <laughs>